Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm. Damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about movies that have potentially aged like milk in the back of your mind fridge. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor. And I am David William Abignale Jr. <laughs> David Abignale, the man with 17 names. Um, David, with yes. that little note, what is the movie that we are talking about today? Okay, we are doing the film Catch Me If You Can from 2002, directed by Steven Spielberg. Screenplay was by Jeff Nathanson. And this movie is amazing. I'm going to kick in with a little synopsis, if you don't mind. Please. All right. So uh, a guy in high school, teenager, looks up to his father, who's kind of a, kind of a shady businessman. He's being messed with by the IRS because he did some shady business deals, kind of like a trickster con man kind of guy. Leo... Leonardo DiCaprio looks up to him. He plays Frank Abagnale Jr. And this is based off a true story about a guy who was a runaway when his parents broke up and for like three or four years had the government on the run chasing him. He was cashing in a bunch of fake checks, walking around with a bunch of different names, and he was super elusive. And this FBI agent played by Tom Hanks was chasing him around the globe, basically trying to catch him. So that's where we get the catch, you, catch me if you can name. Star-studded cast. This movie's amazing. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Special Agent Hanratty, FBI. Hello, Carl. You're gonna get caught. It's like Vegas. The house always wins. Some nuts flying around the country posing as a pilot. Call him the James Bond of the sky. Hello, pusher. This is by far the best date I have ever been on. He's a kid. That's why he doesn't have a record. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think this movie's amazing. I remember just loving it the first time I saw it. I actually had not seen it in a long time. Had you seen this movie recently? Yeah, honestly, two weeks ago, um, saw it on Netflix, and my girlfriend and I watched it. And she, I actually, I think I started watching it as she was leaving. And she was like, oh, I got to finish this. It, it happened somewhere, but then I was like, yeah, you should really watch this movie. She watched it like a day or two later, and she was texting me. She's like, this movie's awesome. Yeah. I said, yay. So I can't believe she hadn't seen it, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's a classic. I know it won like a bunch of awards. Um, but I think the first thing that we wanted to talk about was kind of the time place that this took place. So I think I could be wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. It takes place kind of like in the 50s. Is that right? Um, I believe it's the 60s, 60s. because he was born 1948 right. and mm-hmm. he was a teenager um, when this all took place. So I'm thinking 65-ish. Yeah, I'm sure it says it in the film and you and yeah. I just fucked up by not 60s, writing it down. 60s. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. it takes place in uh, kind of just upstate New York, right? And... Mm. It's this family with just a son and then the two parents and the, the, the dad keeps talking about how he met his wife in this town in France. She's French. And I mean, it hasn't necessarily like the period of when it, it when we're talking about this movie. I don't think that the film like has aged like milk in that it talks about, you know, like it hasn't done anything offensive, but you certainly see things in this time period that are so different from now. Like 
the women are all these beautiful housewives. They're wearing like these exquisite clothes. They're driving around in these Cadillacs. Um, they, not, not to be a spoiler alert, but like, you know, Frank Abagnale Jr.'s father obviously runs into some financial issues and the mother's like, maybe I'll just get a job. And the dad is like horrified by yeah, that. Yeah, what is she going to be, a centipede shoe salesman? Yeah, <laughs> and the... they laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wrote that down because I was like, wow, really belittling, uh, yeah. you know. A woman this wom- going out of the, the workplace. She's not like, I'm going to be, you know, gone doing blah, blah, blah. She just wants to help out. And that's yeah. just so ridiculous to them. Because they're struggling. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's also interesting, you know, another thing that jumped out to me about this time period was like the road club like was huge mm-hmm. i don't know if that's still a big thing in america i know in australia we have something called the rsl which i think is the retired service league or something like that and it seems like it's kind of similar like a, a club for men or people who've served um but yeah it's just it's just different you know like you watch this when this movie is supposed to be set and it's like so many things just seem so weird now i mean obviously this is a time before the internet this is a time before telephones. It's just, we'll get into it, but that's kind of how he's able to get away with a lot of the yeah. shit. Um, he was pretty much one of the first people to ever do it on that scale, right? And that's why he had the government on the run. And to the point of your time, you see all the people dressed up, going on planes. Nowadays, everybody's rocking sweatpants and, and hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah. Not as but fancy. also, it, it's kind of interesting. Like, it's, it's kind of sad, too. Like, the way that... I mean, maybe this isn't something that came across to you. I'm curious to know. But, like, I think nowadays there's a lot more discussion between parents and kids. Like, the the father in this is really trying to protect his son from, like, the bad stuff. He very much, like, glosses over it. I think this was in, you know, when we first jump into this movie, it's the time period where, like, the men were the head of the household and they kind of carried everything on their shoulders. And you can kind of see that. I mean, it's Christopher Walken. He already has, like, kind of a grizzled face. And he just looks so stressed in this movie yeah i mean because everything was taken from him right the woman he loved the woman he cared about was taken away by his friend who was the head of that rotary club because he lost all his money they had to sell their car he tried to keep things afloat with his son and he just kept saying everything was going to be okay when you know in reality things were coming he loses his money and we never fully find out why but he there's something to do with the irs and he probably cheated on his taxes or Something because he was a small business owner um, right. of a stationery store, I believe, is mm-hmm. what I saw. And yeah, he must have, uh, you know, done some shady stuff tax wise or saying that he made more money than he did or less. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to get that loan from the bank. There's that really cool scene where he takes his son, Frank leo to that store to get a suit and he's like oh this must have slipped right off your neck and he's trying to say like oh we're going to a funeral he's a war hero 21 gun salute saying all these things to keep that lady's attention so he can not not just pay for a suit when they're not open yet but for her to lend it to him Mm -hmm. so he can take it back and then pull up to the bank and his uh leo's playing the driver Mm -hmm. and he's like open the door for me and this whole right he's just trying to con everybody he's, he's like a yeah he's a con man or he's like a salesman yep. he's got like the gift of the gab exactly um, and it's that it's this line that runs through it and he says why do the yankees always win and leo's like because they got mickey mantle he's like no because other teams can't stop staring at their pinstripes so he's basically saying i'm gonna make somebody look at what i want them to look at and focus on and leo says that at the end of the movie when he's talking to 
um, Tom Hanks when they're in France, right? He's right. like, great lie. You're keep pressing it. You're trying to make me believe it because he yeah. kept saying like the cops are outside. They're going to kill you. And then, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I yeah I think the dad's a really interesting character. I mean, obviously this movie is mainly about Frank Jr. played by Leo DiCaprio. I think it's one of his great acting roles. I mean, Leo is just such a talented actor, but specifically I love him in this role. But I think Christopher Walken plays a very interesting father. And yeah, when I was just thinking about this time period, um, you know, this guy was had fought in the Second World War. I mean they didn't really talk about like PTSD back in those days. They didn't yeah. have like therapy really. So it's very interesting. That's just what you did, right? Right. You're just yeah. a man. Yeah. So it's just very interesting to see um, this kid. He's a kid, Leo. Uh, I think he's like 16 or something when this all kicks off and just seeing his parents' marriage crumbling because they probably didn't have the same kind of communication that we have now. Like couples certainly didn't go to sex therapy or couples therapy back in the day. Like that yeah. would have been, so badly seen but um yeah yeah, it's it's interesting um that kind of leads us to something that flows very naturally into this part which is the role of like women in this movie there are some fantastic actresses uh wow we're very lucky and uh i think a lot of actors got their start on this Mm. you know jennifer gardner Mm -hmm. was seen by steven spielberg in that show alias and they got her to play this part and she only had to shoot for a day. Everything worked out and she crushed that scene playing, you know, a woman of the yep. night or a call girl, right? And they're having that great scene where they're negotiating price and he's mm. he's got a, a check for 1400 and she's like, what am I worth? And they settle on 1000 And he's like, well, I got this check for 1400 and I'm not going to give it to you. She's like, just write it write it over to me. He's like, no, you said a thousand. She gives him 400 and it's a fake check anyways. Yeah. So he she's made basic. No, you know him. what? I, this is the first time I noticed <laughs> it. He actually had a bunch of checks in his pocket for different amounts. And he, I think yeah. part of his con manness was that he is swindling her into, yeah, paying him to have sex. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So he, he yeah. kind of held the line. He probably had one for 300 bucks. No, he did. She, he know, had one for like had, 900. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So, and, all in all, and he had a magazine of her in his locker yeah. when he was in high yeah. school. And she ended up paying for him because all those checks are fake anyways, right? Yeah, he, those are exactly. So yeah. he made he basically $400 made four hundred dollars to, to spend the night with her. with her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's like one great example. I I really did think that Nathalie Bay, who plays Frank's mom, did such a mm-hmm. great job too, and. You know, again, like going back to his parents in this kind of time period of the 60s, like so interesting. Um, The dad is like trying to downplay the fact that they lost their beautiful house and that they have to move into an apartment. And I wrote this quote down. He says, it's going to be a lot less work for you. Like that's the pitch. Because like, of course, the woman would obviously be cleaning Cleaning, everything. So very, very interesting. And like, yeah, like you mentioned earlier with the what's she going to do? So shoes to centipedes or <laughs> yeah. it's very belittling you know yeah, it's very belittling but i mean to their credit like he did love her right yeah of course and but it's just the way you talk with well he didn't friend. know that <laughs> but well, yes i mean yeah but it's just you know it's just funny like at the time like that was expected like you kind of treated your wife like okay little lady you know like oh yeah, um, yeah I, I definitely get that that um the establishment of the man is plays the lead right and he totally. pays the bills and he goes to work and he's yeah. kind of in the spotlight and then the woman's just along for the ride yeah. So, yeah 
I mean, she she did an amazing job. We have to talk about Amy Adams. Like, what a what a beautiful performance from yeah, her. She crushed it. She crushed it. I, I I have a lot to say about her character because I felt deeply for her. So, you know, she reveals to Frank that her that she had an abortion and that her parents kicked her out of the house. And you know, but they forced her to get an abortion. And I just thought, like, you know, it's from a family this movie, friend. Yeah, Which family is, friend. Yeah. Um, this movie, like it's, I think, you know, it's based off a true story, but I think it gives us a real good insight into the sentiments at the time, you know, like I don't care what your beliefs are, but you know, you shouldn't have your family tell you to do something and then be shamed for it. Like, it's yeah. just so. Cause crap. she hadn't gone back after she got that. Right. No, she wasn't she allowed. She, yeah. They weren't, uh, she couldn't be around her family and her uh, her parents friends and then um what's really stuck out to me is when frank is he's got to leave right and he wanted to come with gives her money says meet me in miami in two two days we're gonna get out of here um she's like crying and she's having like what do you mean in the the world's crashing in on her and all she says is wait so you're not lutheran yeah and that like stuck out to me a lot because seeing like my grandparents and their attachment to religion, which is great if that's what you do. But then, you know, my mom, same thing. She thought she was going to burn in hell when she was a kid because she stole a candy bar. And that stuck with her like all through yeah. like her teenage years. Right. So the one thing that he's saying, he's not even of age. He's saying that's not his real name. He's not a doctor. He's not a lawyer, but he loves her. And she's like, wait, you're not Lutheran. And that was the main issue. So I thought that kind of, that and stuck I out did, to me. I felt, I felt bad for her because like, her dad so her name's brenda amy adams plays the character brenda yeah. her dad is so mean about her to this, yeah he's so mean about her to this guy that is like literally at his home telling him your daughter's amazing i want to marry her and he's like brenda really and like little does he know this guy is actually a total con man <laughs> and like you know is so shady but he's I just thought like that is so fucked up like that the dad is being so mean about his daughter and then she's only redeemed because of the love of this guy who he thinks is so impressive. I just, yeah. it really was sad. And I think, you know, I mean, again, I don't think that this movie necessarily aged like milk in that way, but I think it was pointing out that at the time. I do was, a little bit because yeah. even when um, Roger Strong, you know, Brenda Strong, Amy Adams, dad played by Martin Sheen was talking to Leo and he's saying, what's a guy like you doing with a girl like my daughter? Because yeah. he's a doctor and a lawyer that can't, right? Know, that, but so I'm, she doesn't. I'm saying that like I feel like it was true probably to the time. Like I don't think the movie was. Uh, I think the movie like had self awareness where it was like. Oh, make, definitely. I'm just saying know, that definitely. Aged, oh like, yeah. Milk as oh far yeah, that as, sentiment. Yeah, you know, today it doesn't matter who you are, what you do. It's, I don't think anybody's yeah. going to question it. I bet you. I mean, there's probably some families that you got to marry this status or whatever Lawyer. but i yeah. think that's that's being chipped away you know year by year as we move forward yeah um yeah i think it's interesting I, uh, we didn't even talk about we kind of jumped around here but uh there's another amazing actress in the sort of earlier on in the film ellen pompeo who yep. plays who's like on Grey's, right she, yep she's like the yeah. lead of Grey's. she's ugh, I, I like have so much respect for this woman i just to hear her speak she's like such an advocate for diversity and and inclusion and 
um, she plays this like kind of ditzy, you know, flight attendant in the beginning and she sleeps with Frank who I, again, I think he's like supposed to be 16 or 17 at the time. I think he might've been younger at that time because when he gets caught, he's 17 and the U S judge when the the court system said, since what you did in the scale, you did it, we are going to charge you as an adult, even though he was 17 and he had been on the run for a few years. So I think when he met Ellen Pompeo, that was his first flight, right? And I think he was probably like, you know, maybe 14, 15. No way. Yeah, you think yeah. so? Oh, yeah. See, because I he was, he was con- on the run for like a few years. Well, I was confused because I thought it said in the beginning of the film, we'll have to go back and fact check this um, and we can make a little, <laughs> hey, we did spectacle. <laughs> I thought it said he committed all these crimes by the time he was 19. And I think I thought that he, the whole discussion about trying him as a juvenile was because so many of the crimes he had committed was before he was ni- 18. Before, oh, he, okay. I mean, that's what I'm telling myself because like if movies do this a lot i mean definitely leo was not you know 15 at the time that this was shot but like yeah it's kind of gross if he's having <laughs> if he's having relations with this woman who's like much older i don't know again, i just was like again it's a different time <laughs> it's a different time um but no the women in this was super interesting um the last thing i'll say before because i know we want to talk about like the actual jobs that he chose to masquerade as um there's a scene i'm sure you all have seen it and remember it he goes to a university and he like makes up this bullshit lie about how he's recruiting for these new flight attendants. And he walks into the, so he's like, everybody in Miami is looking for this man and he's genius. And he goes to this university and he picks like nine stunning women and he walks in with them. And I was like, okay, that's just making a comment on like, you know, using like sexuality as like a, <laughs> basically like a yeah. costume. But to the times and we're going to get into it with jobs and how they were seen at that time i mean people don't really give a shit about pilots when they see them nowadays no. right it's like oh no. what's up man but back then you saw when he was walking down the street in that uniform all the ladies were turning their heads mm-hmm. right the status that that job carried at that time and that little girl's like are you really pilot he's like sure i am a little lady so i think um on the stewardess side too with the females, a, they were it was, a it was also job. a high profile job. So they yeah. were all like statuesque women, you know, mm-hmm. beautiful women that um, carried themselves well, all that stuff, because that was just what the airlines were yeah. promoting. And it was a new yeah. thing. And not everybody could fly at that time. So and it I was think- like, I felt like they were almost like models, but he specifically, to the point of women chose women that would like distract and you see like these yep. fbi agents are like looking these women up and down like pieces of meat yeah and the girls love it they know what's going on you know they sort of like felt like rock stars yeah, is what i they took were back then yeah. i think right pilots yeah. and, and stewardess so um you saw how many people filled that auditorium yeah right? there's probably like 300 women in there and they, he picked eight and i yeah i thought that scene was great I, when he's walking I, through the airport with his head down and i did wonder like because obviously it's a movie so we gloss over so many things but like what happened when he got to the airport was he like hey you guys just wait over here because he pretends that he's recruiting for this airline and obviously it's bullshit and these girls have these uniforms on probably told their whole entire family like oh my god (laughs) get there and then he's like i'll be right back and then just fucks off on a plane yep Um, dips out yeah and i kept thinking well, sorry. I just kept um, thinking about the women and like, wh- how like, how long did they wait there <laughs> until they were like, wait. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah. 
<laughs> let's get a pretzel or something. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was hilarious too. He had the spotlight guy in the auditorium. He had a guy on the piano. Yep. You know, he made it like a whole production, and that was just like his flair. Yeah, because his whole his thing life. was, and you kind of talked about it earlier. It's like, tell me what you want to see. Like he was mm-hmm. just so good at building these lies because he almost he made them real by like believing yeah. in them so much. Um, put a, put an ad in the paper to to do that. So the extent yeah. that he would go to, like with the what he did with checks as well. You know, yeah. uh, Elizabeth Banks is in this movie. Yes, oh, as that her. bank teller. And, and she's, she's like telling him how they do the bank stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, not to jump back, but yeah, back to women. Like he was so strategic when he would go to the banks to like make the fraud. He would pick like a young, pretty one and he would pull the same thing that his dad did. This must have slipped right off your neck. Yeah. And he tries to pull it in one bank and he turns around and it's this like old <laughs> bank manager sitting there, like has switched seats with the woman. And he's like, no, yeah. I don't think it's mine. And that bank manager shakes his hand when he comes in as a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so let's talk about the jobs. So he starts off pretending that he's a pilot. And the way he gets the intel to figure that out, clearly this character that this guy was based off was like so bright. You know, this guy was like so smart. But he pretends to be like a kid from the local high school paper. And he basically grills this one guy and he figures out everything that he needs Mm -hmm. to pretend to be a pilot, like a badge and like... Yeah, figures uh, well, out where he's got to go for his uniform well he says we, he lost it we're skipping ahead he, he doesn't even realize that he can fly until so he's been cashing fake pilot checks for a while right yeah he, he's been like melting off the stickers from pan am to put Little on the checks airplanes. yeah yeah and then it's not until he like decides to go to the airport to cash the check which someone tells him he can do and someone's like are you the deadhead and he's like, yep. <laughs> and just gets on a plane. Doesn't know where he's, what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. But then there's that part where his first flight and he's like, yeah, just jumping puddles for the next few months, making my way or whatever. And the pilot's like, yeah, we all been there. No shame in that. So he just all the, the little research and the you know devil's in the details that made things stick for him. Yeah. As he was moving along. Yeah. Because I think... It's funny. He he must have I mean he buys his before he I think he even really figures out the whole pilot thing. He buys his dad like a Cadillac. So you got to think this guy was making so much money off fake checks. I mean yeah, let's talk about it later, but so okay. So he plays a pilot, then he plays a doctor. Yeah. Which which freaks me out because I'm like <laughs> Dude, doctors are like the one guy you want to know that he's actually doing. <laughs> Went to school for that. Yeah. And he just yeah. fully fake fucking makes a fake certificate. And yeah. the best scene, in my personal opinion, in this whole movie is like he goes into this like pit where this kid's fallen off his bike and he's got these two kids that are supposed to be like his residence or whatever under him. Yeah. And he just saw these doctors be like, do you concur? So he asks them both. And the one guy's like, what do I concur? Like, and he's like, do you concur? And then the guy's yeah. like, yeah, I concur. And he walks away. And the guy's like, I'm an idiot. I should have just concurred. Why I like, concur? Do yeah. You, do you agree with the other doctor? Do you concur? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? He said he had a bicycle accident. Yes, but do you concur? Yeah. Uh, like, thank God no one handed him like a scalpel and was yeah, like, we need to do an saw. emergency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess <laughs> you can get, I guess off. you can get away with that when you're in a teaching hospital because you would hand stuff off to someone else. Yeah. And he was a, 
uh, night shift supervisor, basically. And that's when he was doing yeah. his interview that the guy was hiring him was like, man, you don't really want this. And he's like, no, I'll take it. So yeah. had to had to get off the, Hilarious. out of the airline for a little bit, do yeah. something else. And then he was a people, lawyer. People were on to him. Then he was a lawyer. Yeah. I think that's so funny that that no one was like, okay, so here's a funny story, actually. My cousin fully is a doctor and did is basically Frank minus like the fraud and the pilot thing. <laughs> he went to medical school and now he's a lawyer. So I was like thinking how ridiculous it would be to go to school for all these years until I remembered that I actually have someone in my immediate family that is exactly, did exactly that. Yeah. But did no one else think like, wait, 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 you're a full on doctor and now you want to be a lawyer. Those are very <laughs> different skills. Yeah. It's, I mean, but if you're that intelligent, I guess, because what do you yeah. say? You passed the bar, practiced for a year, then became a doctor. And then he almost gets caught in that lie because like, oh, where'd you go to law school? Berkeley. And he's like, oh, I went to Berkeley. Um, right. Brenda's dad, Amy Adams' dad. So, yeah, it's... I, I do. Th and then, yeah, I mean, he must have been so, so smart because uh, we haven't even talked about Tom Hanks, who is like the brilliant antagonist in this movie. Mm -hmm. And he's like, just tell me how you, you know, pass the bar. And literally this guy said he studied for two weeks and then like passed. Yeah. So. And as a audience member, you don't know until Tom Hanks does, mm. which is also interesting because he goes in that room and then comes out and then he just keeps grilling him throughout. And he's like, oh, it's like, if you give me that, uh, that donut or whatever, I'll tell you. And he's like, nah, I'll figure it out. And then finally he lets him know. He's like, no, nah, I just studied real hard and <laughs> passed the bar. So. I told you before we recorded that I had a couple questions for you that I was mm -hmm. just going to throw at you. Shoot. So here's my first one. Do you think a black man could have gotten away with this? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, if it was a black dude, once he got caught, he'd still be in jail. No right. way he's getting to work at the FBI. <laughs> also, that. like... There was, I know, again, so like sometimes we watch these movies and we're like, there was no diversity in this casting, right? Yeah. But there was no diversity in this casting because I don't think there were black pilots. I don't think that there were, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like there was such a divide, especially like in New York. Maybe there would have been more, but not upstate New York. That was very yeah. white in the town. And then Louisiana, he's rolling with these like high profile lawyers when he's like meeting Amy Adams's dad, like... Yeah, I just I don't... I mean, 60s there probably were, but it was probably few and far between as far as, yeah. like, uh, black Still pilots segregated. and doctors and lawyers. Exactly. Um, but for me, and I'm all for diversity in films, but you can't... What I would say is you can't just throw it in just because. Yeah. Is what, as my personal opinion, I don't like to see that. So Well, there is, some of that, there is some of that creeping in. Like, if you've watched the show Bridgerton or The Great, um, people are now just kind of... No, I I wouldn't is say that stylized though. Is that I think so. actually depicting? Um, no, it's not. Like a, it's a, a real story. No. Yeah. So this that's was what a I, real story, th and, and that's, that's a, what I'm getting at. So a real yeah. story, just don't don't change stuff just to change it and to be like a little more liked or check a box. Just tell the story, right? And I'm fine with that. I love this movie. It's there's no really diversity. David's like in as it a black man at all. Exactly. I can like, acknowledge I'm fine because if if there's no you know if it's super segregated and there's no people of color 
or you yeah, it'd know. be jarring if there was suddenly like a black flight attendant. In yes, this. exactly. Or he, if this like was a like a woman was the person running Pan Am, like right? That, at Which that I was time, gonna probably that was gonna be my happen. next question. Like, yeah. do you think a woman could have gotten away with this? Um, at that time, no, no, same because yeah, I, I mean, you got to see how many women pilots were there, right? Right, and that's what that's what I was thinking is that like I think that this guy who is a real man who really did so many of these things, he got away with all of this shit. Like the story seems crazy. Like I cannot believe before this movie came out that we had never heard of, I mean, I know he's written books and stuff, but like, yeah. it's such a wild story. Um, I think he really only got away with it because he really represented like the middle of the road, like kind of handsome, kind of meh, like a white guy, yep. you know, Can't farm bread. Kinda... Yeah weave his way through but then there's there's probably some great stories about con women that only those women could have done there's probably oh. stories about you know con minorities yeah <laughs> that, con minorities that <laughs> could all, that only they could have got with it or got away with it in that time in that you know uh, when it was happening, where it was happening type thing. So yeah, I thought it was um, great too how he kicked it off, uh, Frank, and he pretended to be a French teacher for like a week, two weeks. Oh, and he was going to take the, school. yeah, he was going to take the, um, the kids on a field trip to a bread factory in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he, you know, lying kind of came naturally to him. He was kind of a weird kid, obviously super bright stuff was happening in his home life and that's kind of what happened like he, but he took a- after his dad don't yeah. you think yeah because yeah. his dad was showing him how to do some of that stuff yeah for sure but i do think like if his home life had been completely happy we probably would have never heard of this guy because it would have just been you know because he wouldn't have ran away probably yeah because he ran away because there's that moment where he's supposed to sign who he wanted to live with and his parents yeah. put that on him which is not cool right um but i did write i I did write that down though i did say like the lawyer when his parents are divorcing is really pushy he's like you're gonna go into the living room and when you come back there's gonna be a name on this paper and i turned to scott and i was like would a lawyer really talk to a kid like that like that's such that's so harsh you know maybe back maybe back then they were like kids are stupid a lot more direct yeah you're gonna do what you're told i do have a question for you when we're talking about being sly and being slick okay have you ever done anything clever sneaky like that and got away with it whether it was just like you're doing something wrong or illegal and like right away you just super clear jump to it quick on your feet quick-witted and and ended up getting away with it i mean nothing to this level obviously well yeah yeah it could be also anything. i probably wouldn't admit it on the podcast because you know <laughs> someone's like oh hang on a second um i definitely have talked my way into places that i'm not supposed to be like uh after parties and stuff so okay. i used to my other life i used to work in events and i was a door girl and so i feel like there has been times when I know I haven't been on the list or something, but I've just gone with confidence and, you know, oh yeah, Tracy said I was supposed to, you know, be on the list and you just kind of go with confidence and like, it's no problem. And especially if you're polite, which I think is why Frank got away with a lot of stuff is like, he was very charming. Um, I think there is something to be said for being charming and kind of believing that you should be in a place. And that's how he was able to get away with a lot of stuff. But no, I haven't really done anything that's like super naughty but what about you? Do you have a story? Uh, yeah, I mean, but still, to your point, you get talking yourself into places like that's slick yeah. to me. That's I like yeah, okay. that stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yes, I have. Oh, so can you share? Or is that uh, too- yeah, I'm gonna share. 
If if they catch me, good luck proving it. Um, this is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> this is not an admission of my guilt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was in a college town where my brother uh, buddies were going to school. Right, the night before, I had a fake ID. Right, I had my brother's uh, ID, so I used that as my fake because we looked alike. I went to the liquor store the night before, got the booze for that night. The next day, it was time to re up. Got the money from the boys drive over to the liquor store hey man this 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 grab it put it on the counter right he looks at me like real inquisitive and was like goes hold on walks back grabs another id walks over to me goes so who is this and i left my fake id there the night before and when i went to buy it the next day i handed him my real driver's license right so i'm fucked right so i just go oh shit me and my brother share the same car um thanks man and i grabbed the fake id from him and i had mine in my hand and he's like all right (laughs) and he he sold me he's not only did i get the fake back but he sold me the booze again and i went yeah that would be like i can't believe you got away with that like i'm such a goody two shoes like anytime i've ever like talked my way into a party i'm definitely like four drinks in and i do feel really guilty yeah i have such guilt um i could never do anything sort of like too illegal although i definitely did have a fake id and to my uh point or to my defense like in hong kong um the drinking age was 18 but also everybody was underage like i used to go out when i was like 15 16 because everybody did (laughs) yeah it's just that confidence you got away with it because of the confidence and that's the same as frank exactly you look him in the eye like you're 15 in a club you were supposed to be there no we do this all the time yeah that guy was like hey what the hell is going on here whose idea is this oh shit me and my brother uh share a car thanks man (laughs) lucky i didn't lose that (laughs) one time you're now like reminding me one time i was at this club in hong kong and the lights came on and the police raided it and me and my friend managed to slip away. She was from out of town and I had told her like, oh, it's all good. We don't even need IDs and blah, blah, blah. And we were shitting ourselves. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure nothing would have happened to us. We just would have gotten in trouble, got a fine or something. But yeah. um, I remember just feeling embarrassed because I had told her like, it was all good. It was all good. And then it was not it all was good. Not. We got in trouble. Yes. So teenagers um, listening, don't drink. Don't do that. Don't do the bad but, stuff. But yeah, I think we've talked about so much fun stuff like yeah he was totally looked at like a movie star being a pilot back in those days was such a prolific career um being a doctor i feel like they really spent more time with him when he was playing the pilot than the doctor or the lawyer they kind of skimmed through that yeah um and you could tell that like because he kind of went back to his piloting ways that's how he left the country so sneaky um but i think there was an element of this movie when I was watching it for the first time of being like, Oh, I wish I could get away with that. Yeah. You know? Cause I mean, he stole, he ended up stealing like $4 million. It wasn't so much the money. I think for me, as it was like just being able to jump on a plane and yeah. him being so also, cause he never knew where he was going. Like he would just show up and be like, yeah, I'm the deadhead. <laughs> deadhead and go somewhere and then rent an apartment or house. And he was throwing yeah. house parties. And I think a main driver for that um, opening scene when Frank Sr., Christopher Walken, is getting that award from the, what is it, the Rotary's Club? Yeah. And you see Frank Jr., Leo, just staring at him in awe. Like, mm. that's my guy. That's who I, that's Pops right there. That's how I want to be when I'm older, right? And you have this narrative, or what he's taking, his emotion all the way through this film is his father's approval, right? Mm. And his dad is saying, I, 
you know, keep going. Like, keep doing this. You got him on the run. You got the U.S. government, on, like, chasing you on the run. And he's even asking him to stop, and he doesn't. He's like, why would I ask you to stop? And, mm. you know, he, so he was trying to, he was wrestling with that the whole time because he wanted to be like his dad, and he wanted to have some guidance. And his dad was just saying, like, nah, man, keep going. Yeah, his dad was kind of like, stick it to the man type deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that we've seen recently with, GameStop and Reddit, you know, people are still, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, talking about that. So, yeah, it it was funny, but I love this movie so much. I mean, we talked yeah. a little bit about the actors in it. There is just so many. You got James Brolin. I mean, we talked about Amy Adams. Like, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, who was it? Mont- was it Martin Sheen that you were Martin saying? Martin Sheen was yeah. uh, Amy Adams' father. Yeah, just a bunch of heavy hitters. One and of the we, we we didn't really talk about Tom Hanks. I mean, no. he, he is incredible in this film. He makes, yeah, he makes this film. This is the first time him and Leo work together. And mm. he's worked with Steven Spielberg before. But um, this was almost played, this role was almost played by James Gandolfini. What? Yeah, yeah. So before it got, before Spielberg, he was on to produce it. And before he said he was going to um, actually direct it, they were looking couple different directors were signed on and then things happened where they did other projects whatever and yeah they were looking at james gandolfini to play <laughs> to play this and i just can't see it i can't see anybody but tom hanks no, playing i just that. can't no yeah. no i can't imagine uh yeah i think tom hanks is such i think tom hanks what i like about it is he's so caring in some ways like he's literally trying to get this guy in jail like he's trying to catch him and you know leo keeps calling him by coincidence or by design on christmas eve and they kind of i felt like they almost become friends i mean they certainly do at the end because he ends up working for the fbi but it was almost like uh tom hanks's character had like a respect for leo's character and leo almost had a I don't want to say like he was looking up to him as like a fatherly figure, but maybe a little. I think so too. Um, that's why they're talking every Christmas and you saw that's all Leo had, uh, except yeah. for that little stint where he was going to marry Amy Adams character. Mm-hmm. But, um, Tom Hanks's character was in the office Christmas night looking for him. Right. Yeah. So they both were determined and both, you know, he was trying to, chase and he was uh and then leo was running around so they both just loved what they were doing yeah it was like a game almost i mean uh i think it's interesting like you know this guy essentially pointed out the holes in the banking system like back in the 60s like you cannot pull a fraud like this anymore like and then you know spoiler alert he goes he goes to jail in France. Tom Hanks is advocating for him to be extradited. He's taking, kind of taking care of him, taking an interest anyways. And uh, yeah, he's like, you know, unfortunately your father passed away and Leo's really sad. And he's like, you can come work for me at the FBI because he keeps bringing these fake checks to Leo and Leo is able to, like, oh, not Leo, it's Frank, yeah. the character, is able to guess like what, how they're doing it. So uh, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I think... Tom Hanks was the exact right casting for this because he brings like a warmth and otherwise you would hate this guy because we're all kind of rooting for Frank to get away. Yeah, just keep going. What's what's the next adventure? Just like his father. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this great scene that um, Carl Hanratty, Tom Hanks's character, was playing. So the first time he tries to catch him, he's in that 
hotel. Leo's in that hotel, right? Yes. Oh, my and God. And he's asking the guy at the counter. And he's like, yeah, this guy was here. Great. And he tries, he's taking a step away. And the guy at the counter is like, you're not going to harass my customers, are you? And he's like, what do you mean? He's still here? And he's like, yeah. Runs up there and he meets the, um, he runs into the cleaning lady, right? Did you notice that he had the badge upside down? No. So he shows her the badge. He's like FBI, and it's turned backwards, so it's towards the camera. You can see, so she can't see it, right? Oh. It's just like the black leather part that she can see. So I'll, it popped into my head like either that was a choice because he ends ends up letting Leo go, Frank Jr. Mm. go. Like maybe he was having an off day, and that's mm. why he let Leo talk him into it. I don't know. That's kind of where my brain went, but yeah, I I I really liked. Uh, that scene because again it showed the confidence and it raised the stakes so much where you're like if this guy didn't have the confidence he wouldn't have walked out of that place you know yeah um and it was just about bullshitting him i also love there's a part that runs through the movie leo's character kind of rips uh the labels off all the bottles and stuff it's just like a nervous habit he has and in that scene that you just mentioned where he like confronts they kind of come face to face for the first time he's like well check my wallet like i'm cia and he fills the wallet, but he doesn't check inside of it. And when he finally opens it up, it's all like ripped off logos and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was cute. Yeah, that was. And he's like, no, you keep it. I trust you. I'll be right yeah. back up. Yeah. And then he runs. <laughs> um, I mean, this movie is so great. Uh, just think every performance was so wonderful. And, you know, the heartbreaking part of it, of course, is uh, Frank played by leo gets back to the united states he runs to find his mother because he's just found out his dad is dead and he realizes that his mom has gone on to have a daughter with the guy she was cheating with and i think that's honestly why he ends up working with the fbi agent because he doesn't feel like he has a family anymore he's kind of been replaced yeah and you you really feel for him because he you know he ran away from home but it was a broken home at that point and yeah he's just looking for something trying the whole um that it was anchoring him through that momentum through this movie was to try to get his parents back together and to make money. He's like, dad, I bought you yeah. a Cadillac. Go pick up mom. Yeah. I got you this. I'm going to buy a, uh, what do you say? I'm going to buy like a $60,000 house and you guys can live in it. <laughs> That's aged like yeah, that, man. That I like, wish. No, for sure. Jeez. <laughs> can you imagine? But, uh, yeah. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. So, um, some interesting stuff I saw too, yeah. when shooting this, they shot, at 140 different locations in 52 days. Wow. Yeah. Oh. 52 days is a lot to shoot. Yeah. That's crazy, though. That's a but, lot of Yeah, little... a lot of locations. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, did you have any other trivia about the movie? Um, let me see here. Um, I thought, you know, when they're talking about, like, Jennifer Gardner and $1,000 for the night, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I looked up, they'd be, like, 8200 today's dollars. Does, that seems worth it. Jennifer got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was, you know, like the Barry Allen, he called himself, which was the Flash mm. in the comic books. Mm. Um, the real Carl Hanratty's real name, the FBI agent, was Joe Shea, but I think he still worked at the FBI in 02. So, oh, so they, they had to they, they changed change his up. name. Yeah. And then That's in funny. real life, Frank Abagnale Jr. and Carl Hanratty were, were friends. Yeah. I don't know if... Uh, Hanreddy's Tom Hanks character still alive, but they were friends for a long time. Um, That's awesome. After, yeah, yeah. I listen. I love this movie. Um, we have to do our shout out for uh, the people that we that you know. That's a team effort. Do you exactly. have someone that you? I do want to talk about. And um, did, I 
I want to say that, didn't you do this for a little bit? Weren't you like a, a location scout for a second? Did you ever do that? Um, like have to go look really. at... I mean, I've done location scouting. I've never... Location scouting in like major movies, I mean, it's a huge department and they are yeah. so important. Um, but is that... Did you find yeah, someone so I got location? Yeah, Lori A. Bolton. She was um, the location management. So when I saw Ooh. that they shot, you know, 140 different locations in 52 days... I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going with her. She did one of my favorite movies, Heat, um, oh. which is, if you haven't seen that, Al Pacino, De Niro, Val Kilmer, and they're Robin Banks. It's it's amazing movie. Did She did Inception, A River Runs Through It. Um, so she's still working, done a bunch of stuff, and just, uh, you know, Lori A., we see you and we appreciate you. We see you Keep and it we going. appreciate you. Yeah, I have Jasmine Jessica Anthony. She played the sister, Leo's little sister. You only see her for a couple shots through the window. Um, I thought she was really cute. I think she was like three at the time. Uh, that's when she started acting. And I don't know. I just thought she was cute. She's she done She's done some stuff. I mean, she's an actress. Um, she's been in Grey's Anatomy, which is funny because Ellen Pompeo is the crossover there. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's just doing some random stuff. She's acting. She's doing little shorts and stuff. She pretty much looks, I think, like a grown-up version of herself. Like, she doesn't look that different to me. Um, but I just thought that was such a heartbreaking scene when he, like, taps on the window and then he's like, where's your mommy? And she points back at, at yeah. his mom and he just realizes that, like, you know, everyone's moved on without him. And I don't know. Do you want it's to know a, an interesting fact that I, I have sure when, in relation to his siblings? Mm. He, uh, the real Frank Abagnale was one of three. Okay. Or sorry, one of four. Oh, interesting. So he had brothers and sisters, so they just removed them from the story. It would have been too long. Yeah, was too he, much. Do, does it say where he falls in the book? Yeah, he was order? the third. Interesting. So kind of yeah. middle child syndrome-ish. Yeah. Not the baby. I know. I'm dying to read his book. His real book is called catch me if you can the amazing true story of the youngest and most daring con man in the history of fun and profit um and the real the guy that wrote it or maybe no it's about frank abagnale the guy that wrote yeah. that one is called stan redding um and i'm yeah i'm just really really interested to read it because like you say i think they kind of had to skip a lot of details to get it to fit into a movie yeah um and but i think the book was also exaggerated um frank oh, says that yeah so the book and uh script mm -hmm. So exaggerate a little bit, but yeah, I'm interested to see. Yeah, let me know if, if they I will, have if it's a lot worth. of the, Yeah. Well, and so this movie is 19 years old, right? 18, 19 years old. Uh, so it's not one of the, you know, it's not the most old film that we've seen. It's definitely, you know, anything that's like 20 years old kind of feels old now because I'm like, Jesus, I thought, you know, 1999 was like five years ago because um, time means nothing. But... <laughs> Do you think that this film has aged like milk? I do not. I do not think this movie aged like milk because not a negative thing runs through my head when I watch this. I just sit back. I enjoy. I've probably seen this movie like 10 times at least mm. uh, over you know the last 19 years. And it's just a, a fun, feel-good movie. Great acting. Great story. And the fact that it's it's based in on a true story is just even more like mesmerizing for me. What about you? No, I would agree. I think, you know, we kind of danced around it a little bit in this episode. There are certainly things that you're like, oh, but I think the movie is very self-aware. And even for the fact that it was made 20 years ago, they handled a lot of these 
issues delicately enough and just to the point where it showed you what was going on at the time without like making you feel cringe about it um i mean spielberg is one of the greats like i obsessed with his movies i love this movie i love every single actor in this movie and i think we need another like spielberg catch me if you can type movie like we need something kind of fast paced and thrilling because you know we're all stuck inside and it's still a pandemic <laughs> and i i think a part of us would like to see someone floating away on an airplane and just conning everybody and yeah I maybe the maybe the reddit that. maybe the reddit gamestop movie when it comes out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully he directs that yeah <laughs> um well i guess that's it thanks for listening to age like milk guys we have so much fun making this podcast um we appreciate all of you for listening please follow us at age like milk pod on twitter and age like milk uh, on instagram and mm-hmm. yeah shoot us your suggestions as well we're always open to movie suggestions to discuss yeah give us some ideas yeah so check your fridge make sure that milk is taken out <laughs> gross milk is gross <laughs> um that's it for now take care be safe peace y'all bye